Perfect. I think you're plagiarizing, but that's fine. Hey guys, <laughs> welcome to Donna Martin Graduates. For the love of 90210. Still here at the Old Age Hotel, right down the street from the Bellage Hotel. In the seedy part of Beverly Hills. And there's still no room service. You're not going to want to take a black light to the sheets, to the bedding, to the carpet, to the Ew. drapes. Ew. None of it. Yuck. Hi, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Andrea, not Andrea. And I am the other host, Kelly. And I know you're wondering, yes, I am a doppelganger for Kelly Taylor. Not the Kelly Taylor, but like uh, Kelly Taylor from Duluth, Minnesota. She's like a pharmacy tech, but whatever. It's true, guys. It's true. <laughs> hey, this week we're back discussing season one, episode three, uh, The Green Room. And at first glance, I thought we would be talking about backstage at like the Jimmy Fallon show. But that's not it. No, this is a different kind of green room. We'll get into that, but I don't want to ruin your anticipation. Yeah. So this episode starts off with a faceless person on a surfboard. The water effects aren't very special. It looks like perhaps he's surfing in the shower, but maybe he's putting his spoon upside down in the sink. I'm not quite sure, but someone is standing off camera throwing water on him in this scene. And by the way, it's Brandon. No mullet Brandon, by the way. And he's obviously dreaming and he's pretty excited about his off, not awful surfing skills, awesome surfing <laughs> skills. Freudian slip. Yeah. Uh, and Andrea, would this be what you would call a uh, wet dream? Oh, God. That was good. Give me that. <laughs> Come on. Don't groan at me. Uh, so anyhow, Brenda, in some horribly short fringe bangs, starts shaking Brandon awake and tells him to get up and get ready for school. Yes, we have been uh, picked up for the season here in Beverly Hills now to an land and Brenda could afford those short, short bangs. Ugh. For some reason, then we're going to go to a new intro. Uh, we see a mailman in a heavy coat and boots trudging through a snowstorm to a mailbox that says Walsh. It's full of stamped mail and a forwarding address of 933 Hillcrest Avenue, Beverly Hills, California, 90210. We'll save you the trouble. It's not a real address. Nope, it's a bunch of trees. So maybe they tore down the house. Who knows? Thanks, Google. But speaking of which, uh, we then see our California mail person, tan and blonde and wearing shorts and delivering the mail to the new Walsh house. And when I say new Walsh house, I mean new Walsh house. Like it's not that grips house because like you said, they got some studio money now. Yes. So um, we are in the Walsh house complete with the rotunda the arch and all of that that good stuff the spanish tile and then the intro picks up a little bit now introducing the cast as well letting you know who all the cast members are now anyway um sydney's on the phone arguing with jim about his constant traveling which is maybe why he was never around i'm not an accountant but is there a lot of traveling involved when crunching numbers yeah i think it's only to chicago though oh makes sense Brenda, however, is enjoying a kiwi and wonders out loud how many calories are in the fruit. And then she talks about how delicious kiwi is. And Cindy says that it should be for as much as it costs. And that is total mom mood. Is that what the kids say nowadays? Yes. Nowadays. Nowadays. That's not what the kids say, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you, I've heard those words start to fall out of my mouth before I could even stop them and realize I'm becoming my own mother. And... <laughs> I don't know if that's saying a lot, though, because I'm not, I'm like a bad mom. So, and not like Mila Kunis bad mom, like super hot and whatever. I'm just a bad mom. Like, I think my kids are upstairs right now playing with like Ginsu knives and blow torches. 
I get the Ginsu knives, but what are the blowtorches for? They like to play the movie Home Alone. Oh, okay. But yeah, fruit's expensive. But I guess that's, and that's probably why I had to stop being a model. Yep, that's the reason you gave up the modeling career. Uh, so anyway, anyhow, I've forgotten English. It's fine. Nobody panic. Brandon and Brenda head to school, and Brandon's got on his uniform of the t-shirt with the rolled up sleeves and a pair of jeans, and Brenda's wearing a baby doll dress and combat boots. And I personally loved this look, but I could never pull off the combat boots because they were so heavy that they made me feel like I was just going to fall right over. Did the combat boots, but only with lots of flannel. We were different ends of the spectrum. Yes, we were. <laughs> um, it kind of reminded me of when I decided to go skating, like roller skating as an adult. And my feet have gotten so big that my skates were really heavy. And I was like stuck to the ground. I couldn't move. <laughs> It was a good time. Good time. I just skated in a little tiny circle. <laughs> At school, they uh, encounter Kelly in the quad, and she finally looks like Kelly. She's got her fashionable white peasant blouse on with those high-waisted jeans and no neon in sight. She tells Brenda that she's got to go to the beach this weekend so she can even out her tan. Jenny Garth is beautiful, but evening out a tan? That would insinuate that she has a tan. Well, that is what us Kellys do. We sit outside in the sun and we just be pale. So Steve walks by and makes some crass remark about Kelly's plastic surgery. And all I can think is that maybe he's projecting a little, like... Just a little. He talks all this shit about everyone, but I've never actually seen him with anyone. Like, no friends. He's always walking around by himself talking to people. And I think that maybe inside he's just a little sad boy who needs a hug. But... I'm not going to give it to him because I don't like hugging. I will never hug you. I will never hug you. <laughs> Let's remember who made that statement. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, David accosts Steve and tries to talk to Steve about uh, his mom and her TV show. David's just a smidge obsessed. Um, he's also wearing a new order shirt. So the audience knows he likes music, but I'm pretty sure that if your favorite show is the Hartley house and you're wearing a new order shirt, you, that those two things do not go together. Steve walks away mid sentence and that's a real you vibe. Uh, yeah, it is. I've almost walked out of this podcast like five times today. <laughs> so Brandon heads to the newspaper office where Andrea is busily editing and rocking her vest. And she tells Brandon that she wants him to write an editorial about the transition from Minneapolis to Beverly Hills. Like, that's what the show is about. Why can't she just watch it instead? She doesn't have a VCR. Oh, yeah, she is poor. She so. Or I'm sorry, that that may not be PC. She's monthly challenged. <laughs> Mon I'm monthly challenged. I like to laugh at my own jokes. Anyhow, he's not very excited about having to write this editorial and tells her that he's just a sports editor. I mean, does editing sports, sports editing, does it not involve actual writing? No, it's just editing the sports balls. Did you notice that he called Andrea chief for the first time during this scene? I did. And a nickname was born. Yay. I had a friend that had a cat named chief after chief, uh, Alinewick from university of Illinois. And that cat's dead. Uh, so this story isn't very good. <laughs> hmm. Brandon leaves the journalism classroom and heads off to tech class in quotes. Um, I'm assuming that this is merely an elective class. 
as Scott's in, his, in the class. And uh, he's wearing his Lakers hat in school. Like, is this a service hat? How does he get to wear a hat in class? Maybe he has an IEP for it. Perhaps. He also probably wears the hat to the Make Believe Club that he's designed that Brandon is super impressed with. Scott says, sadly, that he designed the layout purely with his imagination because he can never get into a club. I'm guessing that's not the only thing he does with his imagination. <laughs> well, you know, he does look like he's 14. Gross. As he's working, Scott starts to get harassed by some random blonde guy and another guy in a letterman's jacket. And I don't want to stereotype... But the guy wearing the, if the guy's wearing a letterman jacket, he's probably an asshole. I think my husband has a letterman's jacket. Does he still wear it? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> and I get to do this part. Yay! I get to do this part. So uh, we are introduced to somebody pretty special in my life at this point. Uh, Brandon, of course, stands up being the good guy that he is and starts telling everybody to calm down. And then we hear a voice from the corner beg the bullies to go ahead and touch Scott's keyboard. Touch it. Do it. <laughs> and then we pan to a kid wearing a coat in class. I'll forgive you. And then also a hoop earring. So we know he's a rebel. And we don't learn his name quite yet, but I'm pretty sure his name is my boyfriend. <laughs> and the bullies call this mystery man a loser, but it, they seem to be pretty frightened of him anyway. And I will have to admit, I was kind of scared too, but it was because I wanted to make out with him so much. Mm. And I think Brandon does too, because mm -hmm. he inexplicably hunts down the guy after class so that he can introduce himself. Dylan is the mystery man's name. Dylan. Aww. Brandon asks Dylan if he wants to go to lunch, and Dylan suggests that they go surfing instead. It's almost like Brandon has ESP. He can tell the weather with his boobs. <laughs> but if he did have ESP, he probably should have told Dylan that the whole overall with just one strap was not a good look for him. I mean, TLC barely rocked that look. Maybe he was trying to chase waterfalls. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, less than 15 seconds. Yes. <laughs> Brandon agrees to ditch class. And he and Dylan meet up with some other surfers, one of whom is a blonde girl. And Brandon, of course, is smitten. Smitten kitten. Yes. Obviously, Brandon is not a very good surfer. Um, and we know this because whenever they show him surfing, the music changes like a Benny Hill song. <laughs> and now I'm picturing him surfing. The blonde girl has to rescue Brandon from the water. So we do know he's not a very good surfer. And we learn a lot of things about her from the interaction with the two of them. She's from the valley, uh, which she refers to as the darkness at the edge of town. I think Cher Horowitz also refers to the valley as well. Mm -hmm. um, the blonde girl's name is Sarah with an H. And her friends call her Betty because men are sexist. And that's it. And she tells Brandon that he's nice, just like Marianne did in the last episode. And I'm beginning to think that the bar is set pretty low for dudes in Beverly Hills. Like, talking to a girl makes you a nice guy. Apparently all these girls have never had conversation with anyone. They just want conversation. A little less conversation, a yes. more action. Kelly and Brenda are shopping. And Brenda admits that she can't really afford to buy anything because her family lives in that big house in Beverly Hills. And apparently they're 
poor. At Steve's house, uh, Steve and his mom are having a conversation about David Silver's dad working on some movie that she would just be perfect for. So she asks Steve to play nice with David to help further her chances. He agrees. Brenda's now at home altering a pair of her jeans to look like the ones that Kelly bought, and the writers try to get us to care about Cindy and her adult problems. Uh, I know that this sounds horrible, but I dread the adult-focused episodes. Like, the one coming up is where Cindy's old boyfriend shows up. I'm just like, yawn, nobody cares. I'd watch 30-something if I wanted to watch a bunch of old people with some problems with rich people, and that went on a little too long. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be better. (laughs) Do better, Kelly. Do better. Do better. Uh, So anyhow, Brandon lies to Cindy yet again. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't he supposed to be like the protagonist in this series, the hero? But yet so far, we're three episodes in and he has let people believe he slept with a girl that he didn't. He skipped school and he's now lying to his mother for multiple times. Um, But anyhow, he lies to Cindy so that he can meet up with Dylan and his friends from earlier Betty wants to ride with Dylan and Brandon in Dylan's hot car, which Who I can't. Wouldn't? Uh, exactly. Like to ride in more than his car. Um, wait, is that family friendly? Who cares? Her Neanderthal friends won't let her ride in the car. They say, you know, she's our Betty. She's riding in our car. And I find it odd that both Dylan and Brandon make comments about how ridiculous this is, but neither one of them bothered to stand up for her. I guess they reserve standing up for dudes in Laker hats. I mean, speaking about doing better, let's do better, guys. Yes. Um, Brandon finds a copy of the collective works of Byron in Dylan's car. And Dylan says to Brandon that uh, him and Byron are mad, bad, and dangerous to know. Normally, I would be like, hard pass. But on <laughs> Dylan, it go, It works. It does. And a lot of girls wanted to get to know him, if you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. That's because you're dirty. <laughs> Dylan and Brandon and the gang head to the Bellage Hotel, you know, the one that's right down the street from us, to meet some friends. Uh, They walk through the halls, randomly testing door handles until they find one that's open. Brandon, of course, doesn't like this one bit, so he leaves. And after finishing up the room service order, Dylan chases Brandon down and they're greeted in the hallway by room service. The waiter knows Dylan, and so we discover that Dylan actually lives in the room that they break into but he likes to keep up appearances like he's a badass mm-hmm. i'm just curious about how uh, room service got there so fast though like he had literally just finished ordering five burgers and fries rode down the elevator to the lobby and whoop there they are it's magic maybe they have a standing order and they have a microwave they just stick them in the microwave could be or it was a really long elevator ride or he got stuck inside the elevator I got stuck inside an elevator one time when I was at the courthouse on jury duty because it's just a pleasant experience overall anyway. And then you get stuck in the elevator. So the next morning, Brandon and Brenda are in the bathroom talking about Brandon's night as they're getting ready. Um, Brenda tells him that Dylan is trouble. And this was the first appearance of the universal bathroom, the shared bathroom at Casa Walsh. I'd like to say, shut up, Brenda. (laughs) Brenda in her homemade jeans invite Brandon to go to the beach with her and Kelly 
Uh, once there, in true Kelly fashion, she complains that she's cold because she's dressed like it's not 60 degrees outside in California. Donna sarcastically reminds her that she should have dressed warmer. Um, Donna doesn't really have a lot of dialogue in this first dozen episodes of the season, but when she does, she makes it count. Steve walks by alone and asks Kelly if she's warm and then laughs. I'm so glad that they developed his sense of humor later in the show because these insults are really, really lame. And he's wearing a sweater with shorts. I mean, come on. Who's he to judge anyone? Exactly. So Brandon kind of heads off by himself so he can think about things, I'm sure, really deep things. And he stumbles upon Betty and her surfer friends who tell Brandon the beach and Betty are theirs. And I kind of, I'm reminded of Encino Man and how Brendan Fraser's character kind of just knocks around and claims women. But he was a caveman and these guys aren't. And Mm -hmm. he actually was credited in the cast and these guys aren't. So back off, dudes. Uh, Betty's obviously drunk because like Steve in the first episode, she's drinking from a brown paper bag, which we know means alcohol. Exactly. And Brandon, having known this girl for what, a few hours, tells her she's drunk and not being herself. I mean, normally (laughs) I'm all for judging people, but like, how does he know? How does he know this isn't the real her? He He doesn't. doesn't. Brandon. (laughs) Um, Back at the party part of the beach, David approaches Steve. Um, Keeping his mother's words in mind, Steve engages him in conversation. This goes on for a few uncomfortable minutes, and then David just abruptly leaves. Like I said, I'm a David. Awkward and abrupt. (laughs) Uh, Kelly decides that the party at the beach is lame, and she wants to leave. Brenda goes to find Brandon, and meanwhile, Kelly and Donna find Kelly's car, thus stranding the Minnesota Twins. Uh (laughs) (laughs) We're very clever with our analogies because that's a baseball team. It is. In Minnesota. It is. And these guys are twins too. And from Minnesota. I think they got it. Do you see what we did there, guys? (laughs) Brenda discovers a surfboard floating in the water and then there's a board and a body. And then the body washes up on the beach. If that's how that happens, does anyone ever actually drown? No. No. Obviously, it's our drunk friend, Betty slash Sarah. Brandon gives Betty mouth to mouth and yells at her to breathe because yelling at somebody to breathe is really helpful. (laughs) That's what the movie tells me. Yes. All the movies say that's how you save somebody. You pound on their chest and you tell them to breathe and they are rescued. Yes. Um, I guess she does finally Mm because they end up heading off to the hospital where the doctor tells the Walsh siblings that Betty is an alcoholic. Does California not have HIPAA? Nope. They've got SAG. (laughs) SAG after all. Cindy Walsh comes running in after getting a phone call from the hospital and quips about moving back to Minnesota. And they all do the thing that Kelly loves most. Ugh. Hug. Gross. (laughs) So the next morning, Brandon heads back to the beach and Dylan and the surfer guys are there gearing up and they keep high-fiving each other at like really random, inappropriate times. Like in the middle of a sentence, just high-five each other. Like, cheese, high five. High five. (laughs) And they are completely oblivious to what has happened to Betty. So Brandon gets upset and calls them scum. You're the scum beneath my toes. Mm -hmm. That's not what he says, though, because that would have been way better. And the surfer guy with the really frizzy ponytail 
punches him in the stomach several times. And we know that it's a hard punch because Brandon grunts like, ugh, ugh, ugh. right in the gut. <laughs> Dylan breaks it up and Brandon self-righteously huffs away. And then Dylan goes to the surfer guys and he silently breaks one of their surfboards. And then you hear in the background, electric, electric guitar starts playing a little riff. That's not what it sounded like. Oh. That was like the beginning to the final countdown. Oh. We also cannot pay for that. So <laughs> Dylan follows Brandon and asks him if he wants to go to breakfast. I mean, what's up with these guys? I'm constantly going to get food. You can tell neither one of them eats very often. So let's not kid ourselves. As a fat girl, food is life. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, and Brandon rejects Dylan's offer so he can finally go home to write his editorial. Oh, so he can write after all. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's questionable. <laughs> Back at Casa Walsh, Brenda is avoiding Kelly's calls when Brandon forces her to read his editorial out loud. Awkward. It's called The Green Room. And Brandon compares West Beverly to The Green Room and talks about how there's more to people than meets the eye. Yeah, Brandon. I watched Transformers too. Who didn't? So inside his suite at the Bellage Hotel, Dylan sits in the dark, brooding as he does, with a landline phone at his feet. At first I thought maybe, you know, Ross had slept with a copy girl and he was just sitting there waiting for him to call and you hear some U2 strumming in the background, but that's not it. Mm -hmm. So don't think it is. Nope. Uh, he is actually waiting for his parents to call. And then they don't, so he calls them and he gets an answering service and the operator has no clue who he is. So he rests his face in his hands and the electric guitar wails again. And we know he's sad. I'm telling you, that's not what it sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep interjecting it. Stop trying. At school the next day, Steve finds David and invites him to lunch with their parents. It's then that he discovers that David's dad is really an oral surgeon, not a producer. Ah, uh, I feel like. <laughs> what do you feel like? <laughs> that it would be a, that I would be a good friend to have in case that you would oh. be a good friend to have. I'm beginning to doubt that right now. <laughs> like almost, That's it. Six times I've almost walked out of this podcast. <laughs> I seriously all of a sudden just. Could not read. Um, read. This is all natural thoughts. <laughs> We're coming up with this off the cuff. Well, my notes. I couldn't read my notes. <laughs> I just um, snorted. I feel like that would be a good friend to have in case you need any bridge work or antibiotics. That is a good friend later on in the series. Yes, it is. Uh, so Andrea finds Brandon and tells him that she read the piece that he wrote. Like, uh, I hope so, Andrea. That's actually your job. That's what an editor of a newspaper does. But whatever. Uh, then all of a sudden, Betty is hanging out in a random hall of school that she doesn't attend. <laughs> and it's not creepy or stalkerish at all. Do you have a hall pass, young lady? <laughs> Screw your hall pass. <laughs> uh, she tells Brandon that her parents are putting her into a treatment program. And then Brandon tells her to give him a call when she gets out. His number is listed. The 90s were such an innocent time. <laughs> you could publish your phone number. No robocalls. Nope. And Kelly and Brenda come around the corner. Kelly seems impressed by Brenda's sudden notoriety since she helped save Betty slash Sarah. 
She tells her that she'll see her at lunch and Brent begrudgingly agrees. Brandon says, you know what? I think we're going to make it here. To which Brenda replies, speak for yourself. Oh, he was, Brenda. Oh, he was. Four seasons, Brenda. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, that's episode three, The Green Room. Did we ever talk about what The Green Room was? We didn't. No, we didn't. We're not very good podcast hosts. I can cut it in in the middle. But the green room is that room in the ocean because the earth is your house and the green room is the most gnarliest place you want it to be, I think, something she says. I don't know. The bathroom after my kitten's done in there? That's the gnarliest place to be. I used gnarly because I thought that was like a surfer word. It is a surfer (laughs) word. But we're not surfers. Nope. I think they say that the green room is when you're in the middle of the wave and you can't hear anything else and it's just you in the water. That's how I feel in a hot tub. Don't get pregnant. I won't, I promise. All right. (laughs) See, guys, we've gotten really good at this. Yes, we have. We are becoming old pros in our third episode. High five. I think we should just retire now at the height. Yeah, I mean... I don't think we can go. I don't think we can get any bigger. Well, my ass can. So, (laughs) so yes, that is episode three. And we were introduced to my true love, Dylan McKay. We will be looking forward to more meetings with our true love or her true love, not my true love. Yeah. Back off. Sorry. Not allowed to share. (laughs) This isn't a harem. Uh, So do you have any pop culture items you would like to recommend for the week? Any uh, anything you want to share or add? Hmm. Uh, No, I I've been watching the episodes. So, you know, I can sound like I know what I'm talking about when I watch this show. And you're doing really good. (laughs) Polishing. (laughs) (laughs) Polishing my editing skills. So that I can continue to get better and that sound not horrible. Like, we're going to go back, like, in a year or so and we're going to listen to that first episode and I'm going to cry. We're going to hate each other in yes, a year. we will. <laughs> Jeez, we'll be doing this podcast from separate and separate locations. I already hate via, me. Via Skype. Because we can't stand in the same room with each other <laughs> Even anymore. Even though we live, like, four miles away. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't really have any, um, I'll do a podcast recommendation of um, one called um, 302010. 302010 is a pop culture. My measurements. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pop culture time machine podcast where they go back and look at things 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Oh, nice. Makes me feel old. And I, but the hosts are pretty funny. They make me laugh. And one of them is our age. I think the other two are a little bit younger. So they have a hard time kind of uh, understanding some of the, the three years ago things. But but I enjoy it. It's a good pod. And I like to remember that and then tell other people that, hey, you know, that came out 30 years ago. And then people tell me to shut up. I can see that. <laughs> and what about you? So I, I, we have yet to address the, the one podcast that kind of brought us together. Um, so my favorite murder. Oh, I was like, what podcast brought us together? I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so clearly it meant a lot to you. Uh, I'm very, I'm very sad. 
But no, uh, my favorite murder is definitely one I would recommend. It is a comedy true crime podcast. Yes. Um, I recommend it to a lot of people. A couple of them have just said, you know, oh, there's too much banter. Well, that's part of my favorite part. So mm-hmm. just be aware of that when you get in. But they also talk a lot about like mental health, um, politics. It's just a whole, um, it's just a whole array of topics that they discuss. And then, and then obviously they talk about murders and things like that. So, um, I enjoy the mini-sode episodes that come out on Monday because that's when people write in their hometown uh, murders or other random stories that other people want to just tell. Uh, I have yet to hear a actual Quad City one. I know. But I'm surprised I'm, they haven't done like Adrian Reynolds yet. I know I'm I submitted hopeful, it. <laughs> I, it's, I'm hopeful that it'll happen for us one day. But I do enjoy the Monday episodes a lot just because I feel like I'm glad that other places are crazy, just like here. And we decided that uh, due to my lack of knowledge about Fleetwood Mac last week and just a few other things, I'm the Georgia of this podcast relationship. And Andrea is the Karen. Karen. Jesus, see? (laughs) (laughs) I am the Karen and the Steven. (sighs) Steven, Steven. Uh, also, last night I went to see Hobbs and Shaw, or is it Shaw and Hobbs, or is it Shabs? I think it's Hobbs and Shaw. Let's just call it uh, The Rock and Jason Statham. Uh, yeah, so it was very funny. I did enjoy it. I took my 13-year-old, who also enjoyed it. Uh, but yes, the main part of it was that it has The Rock in it. I'm not so much a Jason Statham kind of girl. I enjoy Edris Elba. Yes. That he is, is pretty awesome. Yes, and he got to have his accent in this one. So <gasps> that's uh, the best part. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't even expect it. Ryan Reynolds just popped up in the movie. In the movie. Spoiler alert. And he's alert. hilarious. FYI. And super hot as usual. And he's got a rock tattoo. I don't want to spoil anything. So, uh, but yes, The Rock and, and uh, Ryan Reynolds are in my top 10. So it was okay. quite, a, it was visually a delight for me. Visually a delight. Mm-hmm. Just like we're hoping that this is a listening delight of a podcast. It's not. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you like to hear us laughing at ourselves. Um, so we said in the first episode that we would keep track of some things. The one thing that we said we'd keep track of is Brandon's girlfriends. And so in this one, we now have Betty slash Sarah. Yes. I mean, technically, they didn't kiss, and they didn't really go on a specific date, but she was mad crushing on him, so we'll allow it. And I think he was reciprocating that mad crush. Yes. And then he was just mad. Yeah. Because she was an alcoholic. Yes. Which brings us to our next topic, which is, what uh, issue of the week did they address? And this week, I think it was surfing. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It was... Alcoholism and alcohol abuse. Alcohol and um, swimming or surfing do not mix. Because the doctor made it a point to say that her um, core temperature had dropped already two degrees. So apparently alcoholism is bad for a lot of things, not just your body. That's not alcoholism. It's bad for dancing. It makes you think that you can dance well. I think that's just really having a few drinks i don't necessarily know that means you're an alcoholic unless you consistently dance then i guess 
Why? <laughs> Why? Why do you have to ruin my buzz? That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. So thank you for joining us this week. And don't forget, if you liked this episode, to subscribe and to rate and review us. Please. If you didn't like this episode, then keep in mind we're doing this for free. And you get what you pay for. Don't be a dick. Keep moving on. Yes, definitely. Um, we are finally now on iTunes. That made my heart happy. I think it's Apple Podcasts. Oh, well, damn it. We're now on Apple Podcasts. You got to sing it, though. Apple Podcasts. Um, along with Spotify and Google Play. I'm still working on some other avenues to get it posted on. So I guess if you want it on something specific, hit me up and I will do my best to get it posted there. So I will point out that we do record these on Sunday. So although you will be listening to this on Friday, um, it was recorded five days ago, which means that, yes, the revival of Beverly Hills 90210 uh, launches on Wednesday, but we have yet to watch it. Yes. So that is why we're not talking about it on this particular episode. Yes. Uh, we will more than likely address it on next week's episode. Yes. And we both have our fingers crossed that it lives up to our expectations because we don't want to ruin our love for this show. So we don't want to ruin your buzz. Yeah. Don't ruin my buzz. So makes me sound like I'm just high all the time. I'm not, <laughs> not nearly enough. <sighs> no. <laughs> all right, guys, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.